Are you struggling to create engaging content for your B2B brand? Let Podcast Town help. Our expert services will help you develop a successful content marketing strategy, making your brand stand out and increase revenue. With our guidance, you'll create quality content that resonates with your audience and builds brand loyalty. Visit our website at podcasttown.net to learn more and to get started today. We help you launch, grow, and maximize. We help you launch, grow, and maximize. We none of us have to be the passenger on this journey. Everyone has the opportunity to be a driver. You can be the person that helps shape that future. You can help define the future rewards. You can actually you have a lot more power. We all have a lot more power than we can realize. Can I get it? Oh yeah! What's up, Enterprisers? Welcome to the Enterprise Now Live Podcast, where we educate, motivate, inspire, and transform business owners and entrepreneurs into success. That is what we do. We help folks launch, grow, and maximize. Neil Sahoda is an IBM master inventor, United Nations artificial intelligence subject matter expert, and professor at UC Irvine. With 20 plus years of business experience, Neil works to inspire clients and business partners to foster innovation and develop next generation products and solutions powered by AI. In this episode, Neil shares his insights about technology and gives us his tips to improve our businesses. All right, Neil, can I get an oh yeah? Oh yeah. Nice. First of all, Neil, as I do every single week, I want to thank you for your time because I know out there in California, there are so many things that you could be doing right now, but you you decided to spend some time with us. So thank you. Hey, my pleasure. Thanks for having me on, LZ. The second thing i like to do is to ask you to tell us about yourself. Now, when I say that, feel free to go all the way back to where it all started or you can start a more current day. Tell us about yourself. Well, I will tell you that I think ever since I was a little kid, at least as far back as I can remember, that I've always been good at kind of finding those hidden dots and seeing how they actually connect to the dots that we know. And I'm very much the guy that has embraced the word all parents hate to hear their child learn. Why? I'm always asking the question, why? Why are we doing this? Why are we doing it this way? And that's kind of just, I'll call it, I guess, maybe festered throughout my life. But because of that, I always kind of try and look at things from a different perspective or perspectives to try and understand, hey, what's really going on here? And that's allowed me to, you know, I started my career actually as a a management consultant, was working with global Fortune 500 firms to think, you know, help with business strategy, look at new markets, figure out new products and services. But because I always had that kind of new perspective or different set of lens, actually find and unlock those opportunities. As a result, I found myself not just like solving problems at hand, but actually more generally led me to develop a series of patents. At some point, you know, I developed a series of patents where IBM R&D came knocking on the door, asking me about them because they would help form some elements of machine learning. And next thing I know, I'm working on a 
what was then kind of a secret project called Watson. And so I was part of the original IBM like Watson team ecosystem, helped them build that out, Jeopardy Challenge, the whole ball works. But I went becoming, you know, one of the guys that was an AI expert and would help businesses figure out how to actually use AI and other emerging technologies to, again, unlock new strategies, new products, services, and market. Awesome. So I want to dig in on that a little bit later. But before we do that, I want to learn um, a little bit more about you. What's um, one of your favorite things to do? I am a sports fanatic, Elsie. I love playing. I love watching. I hate to say it this way. If I my worst case scenario was there's three or four really good games going on at the same time, I couldn't figure out which one to watch. Okay. What type of sports? Any sport or... I follow the big sports, baseball, hockey, basketball, football. You know, I'll watch some golf. I'll watch some tennis. I'll be totally honest. I've even watched the American Cornhole League Championship. (laughs) (laughs) How exciting was that? You know, I didn't know anything about the game, so I found it fascinating. I didn't realize how much strategy was actually involved. (laughs) Awesome. So it must be tough because right now when we're recording this, we're in the, the midst of this whole COVID-19 thing. So no sports. I know I'm having a tough time because my bucks, I'm right outside of uh, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. This was our year. I feel slighted if the NBA doesn't come back this year because it's like all the stars have aligned and this was our year. So oh man, how are you dealing with no sports? I'm having withdrawals. I'll be honest. I've been watching a lot of highlights. I mean, you know, some of the sports stations have done a great job about showing like classic games or like they were showing the fight between Ali and Frazier, but it just ain't the same. And I'll be totally honest with you, Elsie. Korean Baseball League has started and I have been watching it, (laughs) even though I'm not familiar with the teams or the players, but at least it's live sports. But I'm crossing my fingers we get through all this quickly and safely so we can get back to our favorite games and hopefully salvage the NBA season. Yeah, me too. So that brings up another question for me. So I always like to ask fantastic people like you who are brave and intelligent and cutting edge uh, these types of questions because I want to get inside of your brain to figure out how do you think about what you think about. So when you're presented with a challenge, is there a methodology that you implement or how do you go about overcoming challenges? You know, that's an interesting question. I think one great big thing that really helps me is that I stay calm. You know, a lot of people tell me I'm always kind of calm, cool, collected, and I don't like immediately resort to like, oh my God, what's going on here? Is the end of the world? Or how could someone do something like that? I kind of think about what's causing the challenge. What are the real root causes? And then I try to actually understand the motivations because I always think like people process technology and more often than not, it tends to be more of a people challenge, right? Maybe miscommunication, misunderstanding, different motivations, and try to understand what's really going on here. So what's really driving the problem? What are people thinking about it? What are their motivations? And then I try to figure out the paths forward. And I can't say that I always figure out something that works, but at least I can come up with a couple of options and try and pick something that's viable or at least present that to the clients or my friends, whoever I'm trying to help out. Got it. So- Tell me a little bit more about Watson. That sounds interesting. Well, Watson is IBM's version of AI. And it started where all great ideas start in a bar, where you had three really amazing distinguished engineers asking, like, what's something cool they could work on? And Jeopardy happened to be on TV. And so they started asking, like, could we build a machine that could play Jeopardy? That's a lot different than 
trying to play chess because one, you have to understand language, the way we speak as people. We don't really speak like proper English, a lot of slang, a lot of idiom, idiom, a lot of jargon. And then in Jeopardy, you know, they give you the answer. You have to figure out the question. And then there's actually a strategy to the game. So there's all these, these pieces we had to put together. And it's no secret now that it was 50-50 the night was going to work on the Jeopardy challenge. You know, we had a resume is all ready to go. But Watson actually didn't start out well, but it turned it around quickly. A testament how quickly like machines actually learn. And when it won, the question became, this is amazing. What are you guys going to do with it? And it was like, well, other than play Jeopardy, we hadn't really thought that through. And there was a bit of a holy war inside about what's the right thing, because there's a lot of smart people at IBM and used to like building things within the company. But I was one of the people really advocating for an ecosystem. Let's open up the platform that understand problems, their domains, their challenges, use this technology to solve those problems. You know, we'll provide the business guidance, the technical support, the training, those types of things. Because you think about it, how many, you know, no matter how smart the technologist is, how many of me know the problems of a doctor, of a nurse, a lawyer, an accountant, even an artist like a musician? And it was such a game-changing technology that we would just become a bottleneck. And that was nine years ago. And now we reached a point where everyone's actively talking about how things like Watson and AI in general has triggered the fourth industrial revolution, where everything is changing, not just about our work lives, but also kind of our, our personal lives and the ways we interact. It's been like an ultimate form of disruption. It's much like how the internet really transformed business and life in the 90s. Got it. So talk a little bit more about that. You mentioned in the fourth industrial revolution. What do you mean by that? We talk about these things that have triggered like not just rapid growth, but rapid disruption. So, you know, we always think, you know, automation, how we do something faster, cheaper, or less errors. The industrial revolutions are more about innovation. How do we do something actually differently where it actually creates more value or we unlock new capabilities and are able to do things we've never been able to do before? So, you know, the first industrial revolution were really the factories and like the assembly line type of concept. And over the years, we've kind of augmented. But now you think about we have machines, AI that can do things. We can actually teach them psychology. We can actually teach them to read our body language. They can crunch two trillion calculations per second. They can do things that we find surprising. You know, there's things that people do better than machines, but there's things that machines do better than people, which we find surprising. Like I've actually seen for your doctor of 20 years, your lawyer, your accountant, it didn't matter. People would be more open and honest to talking to the machine than like their doctor of 20 years. Think about it, LZ. Doctor might go, hey, let's just do a routine health assessment, ask some questions. The doctor might, well, on average, how many drinks do you have per week? Ah, it might be, well, you know, I have maybe a glass or two of wine just socially. We see like if a machine asks that question, like, well, I have three whiskey sours at lunch. Usually I have a bottle. And the reason we found that they do that is they feel like the machine doesn't judge them. And so because of that, they can actually get better information. And better information can help us make better decisions, make more individualized recommendations. You think about body language. They say there's over 2,000 points on your face alone that reveal a lie the best person can watch five to seven at the same time in real time. A machine can watch all 2000. So we've just seen that when it comes to actually understand the emotional state of a person, machines actually can do it better than we can. They can look at all these data points and they're not distracted, right? They're not thinking about something else or thinking about what to say. 
and people are just more open and honest with them because they feel like they're not being getting judged. So you think about that's like one whole new set of capabilities we didn't have before. What can we do with it, right? Loneliness is the biggest illness in the world. They say about 40% of people suffer from really mo- or strong, moderate to severe loneliness. What if you could give them that 24-7 companion? Anytime they need to talk to someone or need an outlet, they have that person that's not going to, quote unquote, person, I should say, that can judge, that won't judge them, right? Think about what it might do for people that are depressed or like suicidal teenagers, whether there's not enough therapists to even help them. Mm-hmm. So it's these kinds of unlocking that accelerate growth, scale, open up new industries for us. And that's why people feel like AI is the fuel for the fourth industrial revolution. Fascinating. So let's switch gears a little bit and talk inspiration, motivation, transformation. Inspiration being something that you feel on inside, that's a pushing or force, if you will. What would you say inspires you? It's a strong desire to help. I mean, my like my personal mission in life is to try and leave the world at least as good as, if not better than I found it. And I really feel lucky that, you know, growing up and even going to school, I had some really good mentors and really encouraged this thing about like, if you have the opportunity and the ability to help, you should try and do that. And so that's what really inspires me is if I see an opportunity where I can actually help someone, I actually try to do that. Now, motivation being a pulling force, what would you say motivates you? Motivates me is I think if I can actually add value right? There's a bazillion opportunities out there. And I know that at least I've learned the hard way, I can't do all of them. What motivates me is if I actually see that there's someplace I can actually add tangible value and there's something like concrete or tactical I could actually do. That's, it's probably what, you know, lured me to a management consulting career from the outset, but it's those opportunities where you can do something and particularly something different. I'm definitely not a guy that wants to do the same thing every day go into the same office every day and just rinse and repeat, you know, the same set of tasks, activities. I really actually do like challenges. That's, you know, something that motivates me, but it's, again, it's because I feel like when there's a challenge, I know that I can add, if I can help solve it, I'm adding value. Now, what was a butterfly moment in your life when you went from being in a cocoon to blossoming into a beautiful butterfly? (laughs) I think ironically, it's when I learned that things tend to be hard because I made them hard that if I didn't really believe I could do it, or I kind of, you know, I don't know what the right word is here. I kind of psyched myself out, you know, it became a self-fulfilling prophecy. And I just remember in high school, it kind of had this epiphany around that. I'm like, is this really true? Am I just lying to myself? And I remember, you know, Back then, I was never uh, really into public speaking. You know, it's a scary thing to do. And I said, well, is public speaking really hard and scary? Because it really is, or I think it is. And so I said, you know what? I'm going to tell myself it's not. And suddenly I had an easy time of doing it, right? It's the same thing. Like I always thought that, hey, you know, writing is hard, all this kind of stuff. So I said, you know, work for speaking. Let me try with writing. Suddenly, you know, I found that writing was not just a lot easier. I actually loved to write. I mean, that's actually, you know, ironically now, you know, I'm an author. I actually wrote a book. So that was kind of my, you know, breaking out of the cocoon moment. Fantastic segue to my next question. If I gave you two to three minutes to educate us on something, to teach us something, or to share knowledge with us, what would that be? And kind of give us some tools or some tips to improve our businesses. Be happy to. And I'll kind of talk about 
AI? Because I think a lot of people, they know it's coming and I know they're kind of fearful concerns and there's a lot of legitimacy behind that. This is in Terminator time. It's not like the machines are going to rise up, conquer the world, eradicate humanity. They're a tool. And it's all about how we choose to wield them. And I think there's a huge mindset that people like, no, I know I need to do something with them. How do I figure that out? And if I figure that out, how do I get started? And a lot of people are being passengers because they're waiting for you know their smart technologists to let them know what they should be doing. The truth is most technologists aren't going to be able to do that. They, they don't have the domain knowledge. Each of us actually has the ability to think of an innovative or disruptive idea, to look at what we're doing in our regular work or even our regular lives and see where the, the problem or the gaps are and say, hey, what can I do differently? How do I think differently? How can I use AI to unlock that capability? So if you really want to use AI, it's not problem solution. It's, okay, what's the problem? and really understanding what's behind it, right? Mixed in with your domain expertise to create the opportunity, right? What's the opportunity that I could solve Kind of think green screen or you know blue sky. Forget constraints of ideally how we like to try and tackle this, and then actually partnering up with a smart technologist to help you understand the capabilities of something like AI or other emerging technology, and say what of this is actually feasible with this technology for this opportunity. So opportunity plus technical expertise gives you the solution. And I know, and I honestly believe that there's a great solution in all of us. We, none of us have to be the passenger on this journey. Everyone has the opportunity to be a driver. You can be the person that helps shape that future. You can help define the future of work. You can actually, you have a lot more power. We all have a lot more power than we realize, but we got to take that first step. If you want to figure out what should I be doing, you got to start with thinking about what's the problem and what's really behind it. Fantastic. Fantastic. So as we wrap things up, Neil, if people want to reach out to you, learn more about what you do in your book, as you mentioned a little bit about earlier, how can they do that? Sure. They can come to my website, which is neilsahoda.com, or they can always follow me on LinkedIn and Twitter. I'm pretty active, always sharing great stories, or my work with the United Nations on AI for Good, or even check out my book and just learn kind of my mindset and how I try to help people. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you so much for your time, Neil. Hey, my pleasure. Thanks for having me on, LZ. Enterprisers, if you got value from that awesome conversation, let the world know by subscribing to the email list and leaving a review on your favorite podcast app. That helps us know that we're bringing you golden nugget field conversations with the most inspirational business owners. Reach out at podcast at enterprisenow.net with any feedback or questions for me or any of my guests. Thanks again, folks, and we'll talk with you guys next time. What a fantastic episode. Hey, listen, I want to know something. What is the top concern that you have in your business? Is it sales? Is it marketing? Is it finance? Operations? Shoot me an email, mayor at podcasttown.net. I want to start a conversation around these areas of business and how we can work together and help each other shine even brighter.